Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Radio Radar, episode 74. My name is Anthony John Agnello, senior social editor at Games Radar, and this week we are talking about Persona 5. We can finally talk about Persona 5, the most amazing role-playing game ever made hitting PlayStation 4 this month. And we also spend a little time talking about a bizarre little game called Everything, and what we can say is that it is appropriately named, and we also talk about our torrid histories with bricked and dead consoles, because sadly, shortly before we recorded this, my Nintendo Switch bricked out of the blue. Pretty awesome. Anyway, enjoy the show, listen on. Child, I ain't passed the bar, but I know a little bit. Enough that you won't illegally search my shit. Well, we'll see how smart you are when the canine come. I got 99 problems, but a switch ain't one. Whoa! Oh, that was good. That Hit was me. that was nice. <laughs> did you like that? I did, actually, did yes. You like, did you like how I kept it I kept it personal and topical? No, I like uh, that. And inoffensive. <laughs> and inoffensive. <laughs> well, that's kind of the only way we could do 99 problems. Um, because I am, I am so white and I just can't pull off what Jay-Z does. Okay, but, 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 uh, there's the Hugo version. The Hugo version? Do you not know this? I don't know this. Oh my God. It's a kind of Southern New Orleans kind of take on it. Oh, I see. Awesome. That sounds great. I like that. Yeah, it is fantastic, and it's like bluegrassy. I'll I'll, we'll link it in the the description, and uh, it is really, (laughs) it's just phenomenal. It's just like it's it's, uh, and it's something a white guy can pull off without sounding horrible, without sounding like he's in an Everlast cover band. (laughs) Yes, Uh, exactly. (laughs) Everybody, welcome to Radio Radar episode seventy-four. my name is Anthony John Agnello. I'm senior social editor at Games Radar. We also have executive editor Susan Arndt. Hi. I wish I could be witty right now, but I can't. Yeah, I don't think any of us are are, are at peak wit. We're really we're not. not at, we're we're not. not at peak wit, everybody. We've we've had a morning uh, in very <laughs> in a global way and yes. in a personal way. Uh, we also we also have staff Roberts. Dave Roberts. I feel like the global thing is just sort of a constant hum at this point. Yes. That's kind of how I feel uh, at Mm -hmm. this point. I spent, I'm not going to lie, I have been steadfastly avoiding news. Wise. Wise move. Because it was just, it was the same thing every single day and there was no solution to it in sight. So I'm like, you know what? I can't keep, I can't keep stressing myself out with this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to pretend this does it's it's existing it's happening i realize that but i'm not gonna pay attention to it and i changed that recently and i've been in full-on panic attack every morning as a result so i don't know i don't know what to advocate for yeah yeah, like that that's the problem it's like you want to be informed because like you want to be human in as part of society Mm -hmm. and like you know we're also privileged enough that we can't ignore it and probably yeah exactly you know feel the effect so it's like i want to i want to know what i can do to help but on the other hand it's just like oh i want to curl up under a blanket and just 
go yeah. away. <laughs> just log That's... off the internet forever. But in, so, a, in a more immediate crisis... Yes, in a more immediate crisis, this is, this is the way I have been dealing with the political and actual ecological climate in the United States. Since the month of March began, I have been able to take shelter in the lush, verdant landscape of Zelda Breath of the Wild on my Nintendo Switch. A game that I have a complex relationship with. There are things about Zelda that I absolutely hate, but I, I, on the whole, I am very smitten with this game. But what I am unequivocally in love with is the Nintendo Switch hardware. I was literally just saying to my wife last night, uh, I was playing some Zelda in my office. I had it on the TV, the Switch and its little dock. And I said to her, you know... I, I, of all the consoles that I have purchased when they first come out, this is the only one that I truly love using. Like, the Wii U was a bastard to use. That's Even the, the Vita was, you know, it, it just not in, in peak shape Claw when hands, that man. first came out. Claw hands. The 3DS was a kind of nightmare. Uh, you know, even the Wii. A console that I got, like, the Wii was just a fixture in my home for for uh, practically a decade, thanks to Wii Sports. That console wasn't exactly a treat on day one. But the Switch, uh, I just love using it. Everything just works. Until well, it fucking doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's what happened, everyone. I played Zelda last night. I decided, that's enough Zelda tonight. And I went into the menu, and I went to sleep mode. Put it into sleep mode like I always do. And just left it in the dock. Just left it in the dock. Woke up this morning. Wanted to look at something on the Switch for work. And I take it out of its cradle, and there's just a fat old error screen. And I'm like, oh. Well, that's different. I haven't seen that before. Uh... It says right on the screen, turn off the power and turn it back on. Do a little soft reboot. Do that. Comes back on. I see the Nintendo logo. I see the Switch logo. The error screen reappears, goes black, then flashes back up. Says, well, if that doesn't work, do a hard reboot. You, you know, you hold the button down for a good long time. Do that. Turn off the machine. Turn it back on. Error code. And then I just sort of let the battery run out, mm. plugged it in, turned it back on, error code. Oh. This console is three weeks old, and it mm. bricked. Mm. Bricked Nintendo Switch! And I even called Nintendo, I called Nintendo when I realized that the usual stuff wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And they gave me the whole rigmarole, like, oh, have you tried rebooting it? Yes, Nintendo, I'm not a schmuck. I, okay, like, but but be in, fair. Yeah, most in, of the people who call are schmucks. So I yeah, and like so the automated messages on Nintendo's customer service line lets you know the general level of uh, how informed people are oh, because dear. the automated message. First of all, they really need different music. The music on the Nintendo helpline is the Hyrule Field theme from Ocarina of Time, but it doesn't stay consistent. It just restarts. Every single time there's an automated message. So it's... You are the next in line to take your call. 
over and over and over again for half an hour. Oh, golly. Okay. And the automated messages are like, if you are calling because you want to buy Amiibo, please note that you have to go to a store to buy Amiibo. If you are calling because you are trying to transfer software from your 3DS to a Nintendo Wii U, you cannot do that. I was like, oh man, this these these poor people. But the the guy who was Rudy at Nintendo Customer Service was incredibly helpful and was just uh the the tone of his voice was also not encouraging. It was like, have you tried rebooting it? Oh, well, how about updating the software? Oh, you can't even get to the home screen. Well, <laughs> you better send it in. <laughs> okay, great. But will my save data, my 50 hours in Zelda Breath of the Wild be saved? Uh, well... <laughs> Uh, if we can repair your system, it'll be fine. Well, what if it needs to be replaced? And your bones, you, son. You better, you better send in your system. Yeah, so, great. A plus. Uh, I will say, though, I, I, I am a lucky individual, because in 30 years of playing video games, uh, this has never happened to me before. I was going to say, you avoided... The Red mm-hmm. Ring of Death. Yeah, I well, had like I, two Xbox 360s that Red Ringed. Me too. So yeah. that's a that's a really big bullet that's been following you around for years. <laughs> well, I never did get a Xbox 360 before the Slim came out in 2010. Oh, I see. Oh. For that okay. for that precise reason, I, I was like, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. And it's a little disingenuous to say that I've never had a bricked console. Because my launch PS3 did eventually have the yellow light of death. But that happened after six and a half years. Mm. Like, this this machine went through its time. And Sony did say repeatedly, like, look, with these launch units, there is so much hardware crap jammed into that motherboard. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't leave the console on for extended periods of time. Yeah. And that was a message delivered to me after, like, when I played Catherine for, like, 20 hours straight. (laughs) Marathon (laughs) sessions with Deus Ex, Human Revolution, Yakuza 3 and 4 had been played on this machine. Like, the PlayStation 3 didn't fail. I beat that poor thing to death. It didn't fail you. Yes. You I, failed it. I failed my launch PS3, and it was easy to repair. It was like, oh. I, like I, I, you could just, all the yellow light of death, what caused that to happen with those launch PS3s was it was an overheating issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, There is literally something on the motherboard that will come unglued, and that is what causes that error. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like an Xbox 360 where the red ring comes up and it's just like, sorry, we, <laughs> we made your console out of bubble tape. <laughs> <laughs> no more playing Snood or Settlers of Catan or Uno. Buy another one. Yeah. And then Peter Moore came to your house and spit in your ear. That is not. That's At least he, not... Got to sh- he showed you his tattoos before he left, though. He did. Nice. He did. One said Grand Theft Auto 4, the other one said fuck you. 
was this very... Is, okay, can we talk about this for a moment? As, as a person who has tattoos... Yeah. I recognize that people get tattoos for a, a wide variety of reasons, and it's a personal thing, and, you know, I don't get to... I don't judge what you do, but... Honestly, doing one is a marketing stunt? Terrible idea. Terrible, terrible idea. I I don't get that at all. Like, I always... When he did it at E3, I assumed it was fake. Mm-hmm. No. Like, <laughs> Wait, no. bro! Yeah. Wait, no, those are real? Yeah, the Grand Theft Auto yeah. one's real. Isn't Why would you do that? the Halo real as well? I am not sure about the Halo one. Okay. Why would but you regardless... Do that? So, you, so everybody knows that you're just like that you love Nico Bellic so much. <laughs> no. No. Okay, have you guys ever had any systems fail on you besides uh your Xbox 360s? It sounds like you guys have pretty good track records besides that one. Uh, uh I'm looking up to see if this tattoo is real or not. Um <laughs> Let's get see. to the I've, bottom of this. I okay, two Xbox 360s. Have I had anything else actually brick? Yeah, just beef it. No, I don't. I don't honestly think I have. But I yeah. also, I am one of those people who like takes absurd care of their machinery. Right. I've had, I've had Me controllers too. break for sure. Controllers and cables and stuff like that. I have, I have gone through a bunch of those, but mm-hmm. not the actual unit itself. Yeah. I had yeah, a, I've never, I've never even had, I've never even had a controller break. Oh my god! Uh, yes, the ta- the Halo tattoo is real, also. Oh, good god! <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, what? A, I, cool. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I had a uh, launch PS2 because uh, those actually had some issues too. I remember when that came out. They like, did. They they would well, stop reading. Not if you, you turned it over. Then it was yeah. no, that was the PS1. The PS2 you had to wrap in a towel, right? You wrap in a towel, or like, uh, like they would stop reading blue discs, and one of my oh, friends yeah, yeah. would just put like a bunch of tape on on them because it would weigh them down enough for the laser to pick them up. <laughs> oh, mm. Jesus God! Uh, yeah, uh, the things that you do when you're poor and can't replace <laughs> your consoles, yeah, uh, to get your games to work. Um, yeah, but yeah, I remember oh, I, like, the I, PS2s I could... had some issues. <laughs> So, so my friend had an Apple IIe computer that we used to play uh, Infocom text adventures on. Mm. And it started failing, so we would slide the door on, on the, uh, uh, what would be the tower, uh, open. And if, if you wiggled a particular part of it a certain oh, way, yes, it, it would start working again. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. It's like, oh no, you just touch that part of the motherboard, it'll be fine. So my my childhood NES, which is a a nineteen eighty five like New York test market NES Ooh, that nice. came with a Rob the Robot way nice. back when, still functions, but since about nineteen ninety seven, in order to get it to function, see you remember like with the NES, it does that thing. When it starts to fail, where you put in a game, and then it'll just, like, keep resetting itself. Mm-hmm. It'll, like, it'll like just flash. The yeah, power yeah, letter yeah. will be red, then it'll be black, then it'll be red. So, what you have to do is you have to put in the game, and depress the game into the thing, and so you have to wait until you have a solid read. So it's not resetting itself. But, there's no way to keep the game totally depressed, 
and get anything. It has that, like, oatmeal poured all over the screen artifacting look. Mm-hmm. So once you get it into the stable place, you have to hold down the reset button, then undepress the c- cartridge in the system. So it's, like, only halfway up. And then you have to wedge a pen into it to keep the the like tr- the cartridge tray from going all the way up. So you, if you have, and it has to be the right sized pen. If it's too oh, well, thick, yeah, clearly, the clearly. cartridge is too low, too thin. The cartridge is too high. You'll make sure it's in like like a nice. I find like a black sharpie does the trick. <laughs> and you red, you wedge that thing in there. And then you let go of the reset button, game works fine. You have a perfect game of Mega Man 4. I had a, uh, so the the drawer in my NES uh, broke. So you would, okay, so for those of you who don't know this, you, yeah. would, you would slide the cartridge in sideways and then push down and it would lock in place. And now mm-hmm. you can play your game. Except mine would only lock in place sometimes, like whatever would, would keep it held down had broken. So half the times you're, you're like, you're pushing it down and it's just springing right back up. So what you had to do was a combination of slamming it down as hard as possible. And then when it popped it back up, very slowly and gently push it into place. Wow. To get it to catch. And then once it did catch, you could not touch the console because the slightest breeze. <laughs> right. Right. would cause the drawer to just right back up. Yeah. If you if you die in the game, you can't yell because if you yell too loudly, the machine will reset. <laughs> and God forbid the dog comes in and is like, what are you yep. doing? Yeah. Cla- classic. Classic. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got to tell you guys, I am, I am uh, pretty sore about Nintendo Switch. Uh, my Nintendo Switch already needing to be serviced that is not that stinks that really yeah three weeks not even a full month uh i can't honestly heck even if you'd had it for a full year that still stinks that sucks that sucks and and like it's very strange to see that from a nintendo machine indeed uh nintendo usually makes things that are incredibly reliable and it's it's shocking to see uh, Although, I you know you know like you're one dude though, and I am one it dude. Do, it doesn't seem like it's it's a widespread problem. Like some people are having issues, but I don't know. Like the the left Joy-Con thing seems more widespread than this. This seems more within the sort of the range of production error that most console manufacturers tend to have. Right, like two to two to four percent error rate. I think is about normal, and you know you just. Yeah, crappy roll of the dice, I guess. So, one thing that I have noticed uh, is a few people today have reported that, uh, like, I I was actually talking to a friend who was like, that's weird, my Switch did something strange last night, which is he put it it into sleep mode while playing Zelda as well, and when he got up today, the system had turned itself off like the game had closed and the console was off he had to fully turn it back on and so we were speculating that uh as some people have out there that nintendo is not like uh sort of broadcasting when there are software updates or firmware updates yeah no it just happens it just happens and there are also some people saying that 
your saves for certain games are actually uploaded to a cloud, and it doesn't say that it does that yet because their full online service hasn't launched. So there is some speculation that last night Nintendo may have pushed an update of some kind, mm-hmm. and that's what caused the problem. Which, uh, this is <laughs> this is why you tell your customers if you're doing these things, guys, because then they'll know. But, uh, yeah, I, regardless of what happened, uh, you know, Nintendo said no matter what, you know, you'll either get your Switch back or we'll replace it for nothing. So, great. The, the, the thing that is more concerning at this point is just the loss of dozens of hours yeah. in Breath of the Wild. That is, that is a killer. Uh, but honestly, after the last month and a half, or two, like, honestly, just all of 2017, I can't complain about having trouble with one game. I am thrilled that today we can finally talk to you about a game that all three of us have been playing since the middle of February. Uh, we've alluded to this fact a couple of time in the, times on the podcast, uh, but Susan and I have finished it. Dave is plowing through it, but we have been playing Persona 5. <laughs> uh, a game a game that I have finished and still feels mythological to me. Like, I, I can't believe it came out, and I can't believe it happened. I know. I know. Uh, I'm actually, to be clear, I am... Uh, Partway through my second playthrough, which is right. New Game Plus on hard. Yeah, and because and I because I managed to finish the game without dating anybody. Wait, what? I know you didn't I, date anybody. I is it because date. you didn't get to that point in your social links or what? Exactly. Yeah, I just well, okay. So there's this one character. I'm not going to say who it is. So for and this is true of Persona games in general, but for certain characters and events, you have to have a high enough personality level that tracks mm-hmm. your personality traits like uh, knowledge, guts, kindness, charm. What's the other one? Oh, and precision. Yeah. Oh, proficiency. Uh, proficiency. proficiency. Yeah. Proficiency. Right. right. So for this one character uh, who I was who I was making progress with, you had to have the top freaking level of knowledge. Mm. And I'm like. Well, I'm finding this out rather late. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll go for backup girl. But at that point, I was already like in the in the final stages of the game, at which point I needed to concentrate on other things. Mm. So yeah. So I'm playing through largely to get some. You try you tried to <laughs> Crosby Stills and Nash it. You loved your love the one you're with and it, even yes. that didn't work. And that did cuz I didn't have any time. Oh man. I had no time. And also to answer a question that a lot of people have been asking all the relationships are hetero yes mm-hmm. yes uh and and you uh, like unfortunately if anybody didn't realize this persona 4 uh, persona 5 is like persona 4 in that you are only a male protagonist they did Correct. not do what they did with persona 3 portable which is uh let you choose your gender uh, they did not do that this time. And it's purely heterosexual relationships. However, and without spoiling anything, I will say that almost every single woman you can form a social link with is a potential romantic interest. I'm not sure if you knew that, Susan. I 
believe so. And yeah. there are, are two which I consider to be highly inappropriate. There are two <laughs> that are pretty inappropriate. <laughs> there is there. I will flat out say no spoilers. There is one that is wildly inappropriate. <laughs> And I kind of want to do that one just to see how they handle it. But at the I, same time, I'm like, no. What's I, what? I di- yeah. There's one in Persona 4, I remember. God, I know you, what you're talking you work about, in the yeah. hospital. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the And nurse. you're just like, oh, 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 that's where this is going. So, like. Oh, I have nur- to see how this goes. <laughs> the nurse in Persona 4, though, is like 22. Right. So, right. like, you're a high school senior, she is in college, it's not out of bounds. Do they say that you're 18? Well, consent laws are a little different in Japan, but, like... Sure, sure. But, but like, it, yeah, it's not, like, it is not so crazy in Persona 4. The oh, one in, in Persona, Persona 5, 5 is fucking banana pants. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, inappropriate. Which, like, which just sort of describes the game as a whole. Uh, If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, Persona is a series of Japanese role-playing games that started 20 years ago as an offshoot of the Shin Megami Tensai series. And the Persona series has sort of taken on a new life in the past 10 years, uh, thanks to this one director who has worked on Persona 3, 4, and five and uh the the connected game to those is Catherine. And I feel like Persona 5 is a perfect game almost. almost. It comes it comes very it comes within spitting distance of perfection. True. And uh if anybody has been following along with this game since it was announced, Persona 4 came out all the way back in 2008 and shortly thereafter they confirmed that yes we're gonna work on a persona 5 this game was originally supposed to come out in 2013 i think for ps3 uh and it's still coming out in ps3 next month uh if if you want to play this game and you actually don't own a ps4 you have that option It, it is going to be out on ps3 uh but it, it, you know, in playing it, one of the very first things that strikes you about it is that there is a very real reason it took so long to finish. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you when you play this, it is so rich in detail, and the dialogue is so good. There's so mm. much dialogue, and it is you you would not know, with rare exception, that it wasn't originally written in English. Yes. It, it the the localization is that good. And there's just okay, I need to list some of the things you can do in this game. You can go to the batting cages. Mm-hmm. You can study at the diner. You can work any number of jobs. You can work out in your bedroom. You can hang out with friends. You can go fishing. These are all just side activities. They have nothing to do with the actual action of the game. This is all just stuff you can do on the side to make your character more robust. But, oh, yeah, I was just going to say, all of those things you don't have to do, but all of them feed mm-hmm. into every other aspect of the game. There is no, there is nothing in this game that doesn't feel 
connected to the fundamentals of how you play. Yeah. You can and like, watch DVDs. You can mm-hmm. go shopping in Akihabara and buy video games. You, you can, can watch X-Files. You can watch the X-Files. <laughs> you can pl- play the crane machine to try and win a toy. All like, just side stuff. Like, not only can you, like, watch movies, but you go to a rental store and yep. you rent the movies, and if you don't return them within a week, you get hit with late fees. Yeah, right. I, I found that out. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> you can borrow a book from the library and mm-hmm. read it. And the entire time, say say you go and you go to the bookstore and you buy three books. One of them is a magazine about, you know, city life in Japan, and then one of them is a romance book. You will ride the train to school in the morning and have a chance to read. So you read the magazine, and all of a sudden, because you read that, you will learn about a new park in the city that you can take a friend to to enhance your relationship with them. When you enhance your relationship with them, it will power up one of the tarot card arcana that all of your summonable monsters that you use in fights, it'll level that, and then you can make stronger monsters according to that tarot arcana, just because it's, you read a magazine. To In case you're not familiar, it's very much like Pokemon, how different Pokemon have different mm-hmm. types. Like they're a fire type or a water type or a grass type, right? Uh, in Persona, it's they relate to tarot card arcana. So the chariot, the empress, death, the tower, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's... It, you, you sit there and... The the premise of the game. Can we talk about the premise? We can't talk about specific story well, details, and we wouldn't want to. But yes, we would. We can, yeah, we can. We can do the broad brushstrokes of what you're doing. Why you're right. a phantom thief. Right. So at the very beginning of Persona Five, you are a young man who has just been released from juvenile detention, uh, and you are on probation. And have been sent to go be a, a basically in the foster care of somebody that has chosen to look after released people with uh, delinquent records. And you're going to a school that is, is very distrustful of you because you have a criminal record. And you are uh, right up front. You have been wrongly accused. And part of the whole premise is that you're you are a young person that nobody will listen to or gives a damn about and you're you're, you're dealing with uh, the harsh prejudices of the world around you and then at the very beginning you discover that the world is not everything that you think it is and rather than it sort of being like a Harry Potter situation or the magicians where you're whisked off uh, and taught the ways of magic you and your friends that you make discover that you can go into the human subconscious which is physically manifesting around you and try to change people's minds from the inside like inception it's basically yeah it's very much like inception but instead of planting an idea you're stealing it Mm -hmm. you go into the the treasure room air quote of this person's subconscious you steal this most valuable treasure and that's how you get them to change their personality. Yeah. And and that is what is going on in the game and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know that... What's, what, yeah. what I really love about this... So Persona 4, if you play Persona 4, it's very much about 
figuring out who you are. It's about teenagers figuring out who am I? What matters to me? What what is important to me as opposed to what's important to my, to my family or society or or my teachers, right? You've got, uh, you know, people wondering if they want to run the family business. You've got a, a girl who's dealing with the fact that she's jealous that her best friend is prettier than her. You've got a guy questioning his sexuality. Mm-hmm. All these things are very, very internal. In Persona 5, that becomes external. They know mm-hmm. who they are as people. And now it's, how do I fit into society? How yeah. do I, what is my role within society? What do I do to make it the world I want it to be? What is my agency outside of myself? Which is, once you figure out who you are as a kid, that's the very next part of your evolution as an adult. Who am I? What do I do with that? Yeah. And the thing that blows my mind about Persona 5, and I all of uh, Hashino, the director of these games, all of his games sort of bowl me over with their their maturity and their, mm-hmm. their approach mm-hmm. to very complex subjects. Because it's not just, like, in a lesser game, it would be about blind idealism, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. It would just be about, like, we're gonna change the world! Yep. The power it is, of friendship! The power exactly. of friendship! <laughs> Whereas Persona 5 is, like, let's spend 100 hours exploring and blowing out the idea of what civic responsibility actually is. Yes, and it, it, I understand that that might sound pretty damn heady to some people, and it is. Like, you do get the wacky anime bullshit in there. You there's a talking know, cat. Like, there's it, a talking cat. You, you, you know by watching the intro animation that, oh crap, there's a talking cat. And he's going to hang out with you. But that talking cat is also going to have a discussion with you about what it means to confront moral gray areas when living in a society when living in a neighborhood within living in a a city that is bigger than your neighborhood and living in a country down to being a person at all Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it is mm -hmm. and does so with with a level of depth and clarity that i i have never seen in another game whether it's indie or triple a or whatever it's uh, you know for it does have flaws, and we, we can talk about some of those because yeah. it's not really spoilery. It does have flaws, but it is unquestionably a masterpiece. Yeah. It also, when you when you find out who the the big bad is, mm. it will blow you away with how intelligent it is, how everything was leading to that point. And it's, because everything you're saying about like civic responsibility sounds incredibly boring and preachy right. and dry, but it makes it so relatable mm-hmm. that you will absorb every single bit of it. Every every villain they fight, every change in the plot. It, it's like, yep, this is, this is something that I see out my window every day. I get mm-hmm. it. Um, also... But here's the thing. It annoys me that the cat is a boy. Okay, is Morgana a boy definitively? Yes, Yes, because, okay, so the cat's name is Morgana, and they have code names when they're in Phantom Thief form, and Morgana's code name is Mona. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are both girl names. Yeah, I was always sort of confused 
I, I get no wait. There are moments where Morgana flat out says, "I'm a boy." Doesn't yes, he, he does. Yeah. Okay, so there's a there's a conversation that y'all have. You're sitting around, and somebody asks you, "Do you think Morgana is a girl or a boy?" My first playthrough, I said he was a boy, and he's like, "Duh, of course I'm a boy." My second playthrough, I said, "Oh, well, he's a girl," and he's like, "No, I'm not. I'm a boy." Oh no, shit! All right, yep. yeah, he's I a boy. It's so. I mean, like in in a lot of ways. I, that's another thing that Persona 5 does so well, and I we should really do a spoiler cast. Later this spring, we'll do another spoiler cast, Ooh, like we idea. did with Final Fantasy and Yakuza, uh, Last Guardian, etc. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, gender is something that this game tackles with a, a remarkable amount of subtlety, which is not something you tend to find in Japanese RPGs, no. to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Uh but yeah, like it's so weird because Morgana does not strike me as a character that is like very gendered beyond that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like Morgana can sort of be uh, a variety of things, including See, a was... bus. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He can turn into a bus, which is pretty great. And that's. I was really hoping that he could be either because he has yeah. a crush. Mm-hmm. on one of the female members of your team. And I was like, wouldn't it be great if he could be either a girl or a boy? Yeah. That totally works. Yeah. But no, he's a boy. Yeah, and and there are... I, like, the game certainly doesn't shy away from exploring homosexual relationships. That is something that comes up in uh, as part of characters in expanded social link stuff. Uh, but it's not... Yeah, that's that's yeah, that is disappointing. Mm. Huh. Man. <laughs> it goes I, I got it's so hard to not talk about specifics. I know. Be, but because, like, you know, but yeah. We don't want to spoil anything for right. you guys, but we can talk about stuff like the combat and the right. graphics and how yeah. freaking amazing the soundtrack is. Right. Oh, yeah. it's, it's the I, best I, I soundtrack. Was, I was telling my wife like, can a soundtrack be too good uh and uh yeah because that's uh it's just it's this like persona's always had really good soundtracks at least since three because that's when i started playing but like this one i think is just blows the the other ones out of the water because it's it's this perfect blend of like acid jazz and disco and funk but like it all works together so well like i don't uh <laughs> like I'll just I find myself humming it throughout the day. There's just the the theme that like when you're in the you're you're in your bedroom and that like slow little oh I'm, and like I'm a chef I, chef too yeah, yeah. just humming it Dave, to myself do, as I work. Do you know do you know what she's actually saying? No. In the okay, so it Susan changes. and I it, well, <laughs> so there is an actual chorus in so there's this amazing song that plays whenever you're back at home you live above a coffee shop in uh in person coffee and curry shop which is a coffee and curry curry, like what a perfect combination uh and whenever you're there at night the same song plays and susan and i as we were playing through the game we're like so susan had her theory about what she was saying Which was, I'm a shushafu. <laughs> chef, chef too. I'm a chef, chef too. <laughs> and I said, 
I think that they just had a bunch of Novocaine, and they're tr- <laughs> they're trying to say I was such a fool, oh. and it's coming out as I was such a fool, <laughs> and we were both wrong. Yeah. The name of the song is Shapeshifter. Yeah. And okay. so in the chorus, what she is saying is I'm a shapeshifter. Yeah. Uh, and that's what the actual lyrics are. I like Chef Chef uh, 2 better. Uh, yeah, I like Chef <laughs> Chef 2 better, too. Uh, man, it, just like every... that's a, that, Like you said, Susan, Like all of the aesthetic stuff that surrounds the game is just so perfect. You know, Persona has always had... Or Persona 3 and 4 especially have this great art style where the characters are incredibly expressive, the monsters you fight are incredibly expressive and, and unique, but the, the world around them was always very plain. The dungeons mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Persona 3 and 4 were entirely randomly generated. Like, there was a general theme to them, but then it would procedurally create them every single time, so they were randomized. And then the towns were, were far more sparse. impressionistic. Yeah, they're sparse. Yeah. You spend a lot of time in highly detailed environments, but you don't see a lot of them. And Persona 5, on the other hand, everything is just so lushly detailed mm-hmm. uh, with with rare exceptions you know the 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 palaces that you invade as the core dungeons are all just like really really intelligently thought out uh, except for a couple near the end are uh, get a little repetitive as Susan mm-hmm. notes uh, in her review and mm-hmm. uh, one thing to actually know going into this if you are a persona three and four person, is that Persona 3 and 4, all the monsters were unique when you would go into the dungeons. So you would fight these things called shadows, and the shadows would appear, like, that. you would you would just fight specific forms of shadows. There are only a handful of specific shadows throughout all of Persona 5, and what you're actually fighting are these gorgeously rendered 3D models of the Persona that you actually collect and use for fights. Right. So the, the the Pokemon aspect, the cool Shin Megami Tensai traditional demons, as well as a bunch of new ones, are the enemies you're fighting in these dungeons. And they're just, like, you know, at first I was like, oh, that's disappointing that they don't have the unique enemies. And then I realized, oh, wait, these enemies are gorgeous. So that's why they're using them. And And beautifully animated. Yeah. I mean, just... Just really, really stunning artwork. However, I would like to talk to to folks who are new to the Persona universe for a moment. <laughs> because y'all need a warning. Yes. So, <laughs> this is a game that is going to be kind of embarrassing to play in front of other people. <laughs> One of the enemies you will face, as an example, is a giant penis in a chariot. Mm-hmm. A big huge green dick and not like kind of looks like a no, dick no 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 it like, it's a penis <laughs> it is it, it is it is a dong star number 1 everybody yeah. like <laughs> i mean it's and it's called the throbbing lust monster yeah <laughs> yeah so it's a and that kind of stuff happens a lot there's bondage angels yeah and that is and, that, that, that you think that like so this is actually like i i wanted to approach a feature for us about this and susan and i are still talking it through 
Because there's good meat on these bones, but we're kind of not sure how to approach it. But you should know, before playing Persona, that this is a game that very baldly talks about sex in all of its many forms. Good and bad. Good and bad. And at the very beginning of this game, you, you are confronted with, like, sexual violence. That yeah. is that is a thing. You it's don't not like, see it. To be clear, yeah. you do not see it. You do not see it. Yeah, and it's not but. like advocating it or anything. No, this isn't. No, this isn't an indie PS Vita game, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's definitely a lot of adult yes stuff going on because it treats. Here's the, here's the other thing that's great. It treats its young adults like young yes. adults. Yes. And, and recognizes that these uh, young adults lack agency amongst older adults and that mm-hmm. and, and they're struggling with that. And there's a, you know a constant push-pull of I need the older adult to get something done, but they're not paying attention to the important things. Yeah. Um, for, for, uh, a, lot, a lot of people have asked me if this is the, a good, Entry point. Oh yeah. To Persona, and I was wondering what Dave thought of that. Um, I'd say yeah. I think it does a much better. Jo- okay, so here's the thing. Um, one of the uh, the complaints that you could levy against the Persona series is that they take a while to get started. Uh, oh, yeah. per- Persona Four like takes a good two hours before you're in a dungeon, and like a good six before you're like sort of getting into the groove of things. Uh, It took me about... So while Persona 5 is a lot better about pacing out interactivity, about, like, getting you into combat and getting you, like, actually moving and doing things rather than just reading, like, dialogue boxes for hours straight, uh, Persona 5, like, doesn't really get going for at least 10 hours. Mm. As far as like like you doing things outside of just the tutorial stuff, outside of like what the game forces you to do, because there are moments in Persona Five where it's like, okay, well now you have to go through a dungeon because the game wants to show you how this dungeon works, and then it's like, okay, now we want to teach you how to hang out with people, and now we want to teach you how to do this and this and this, and there's so many things that Persona 5 does, it needs to do, because mm-hmm. there's so many things, it's like you need to learn how all of these systems work together, and it does a really great job of, of teaching you all of these things, uh, but as a result, it also means that like it, it, it takes a lot longer for it to like give you this the kind of freedom in choosing how you go through your days like the 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 that's very true and the parts that like also bug me about persona 5 uh like they did with other persona games where it's like okay so this week this is your exam week and Mm -hmm. on the days that you take exams you can do literally nothing else but take exams like dude i got late i got late dvds i gotta return dude (laughs) come on you you, are you saying that i i can't stop by the the blockbuster on the way home to return my late copy of the x-files come on um it does some of that stuff Uh, it's very restrictive more so than in previous games i think in the opening hours but there is such a wealth of things to do that I, like, it took me a while for my brain to go from, like, what I expect Persona to be 
to what Persona 5 is. Yes. And once that happened, once I sort of, like, kind of let myself get into its momentum, I found myself enjoying it a lot more. And uh, it's not that I, like, didn't like it. It was just, it was like, okay, so when when are, when is it going to let me, like, go eat a beef bowl? Like, when yep. is it going to let me do this stuff? And that, like, it, waiting for that moment to come was kind of a little agonizing. No, uh, I, I had that exact same reaction. I was very frustrated because I know how to play Persona. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> let me, you know, let me start buffing my knowledge stat. Let me start, you know, hanging out with Ryuji so I can, you know, work that social link. And you, it will be frustrating if you know how to play Persona, I think, because you, you have to go through its process mm. where it is teaching you all of the different aspects of this world. However, if you're new to it, mm-hmm. it is the perfect onboarding yep. yeah. because it lets you because otherwise it would just be throwing a whole lot of, and now this, and now this, right. and now this at you. And this is a it's much, much more organic. You get what's happening because it works the tutorial into the natural pace of life. Yep. You're going to school. He, your, uh, your foster dad doesn't want to let you go out at night because you're a criminal. Once you right. gain his trust, then he'll let you go around the neighborhood at night. And it, and it slowly opens it up to you mm-hmm. in a way that makes sense and makes it easy for you to understand your options. Yeah, tutorial, tutorial is almost the wrong word to use. Because tutorial, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about a video game, sort of carries a very specific and often a negative context. Mm-hmm. You know, I whenever I hear tutorial, I think of like the first six hours of every 3D Zelda game from the past 20 years, where it's like, hey, Link, do you know what money is? Hey, Link, do you know what doors are? Like, and there, there are like little informational windows that come up every now and again during the beginning of Persona, but this sort of like initial 10 to 15 hours that we're talking about is more like a slow layering of complexity yeah. yes that yes. is it, it, that doesn't ever not feel organic you know if you're if you know where it's inevitably going like Susan and Dave said it's gonna feel a little slow but it it doesn't it it makes sense for the character. Mm-hmm. Like like everything that's happening, the way it sort of just adds and adds and adds and adds as you get through the first, I'd say, quarter of the game, feels very, very natural and narratively mm-hmm. sound, and it will never overwhelm you. You will True. never... Yeah. yeah. And I, frankly, I, I, here, with, Here's yeah. a perfect example. Uh, so, your first day of school, you have to figure out how to navigate the trains to get from your house to school. You take a train to one station, you switch to a different line, you go to school. Okay. That introduces you to the idea that there are different train lines that will take you different places. Once you've done it, and you've navigated a few different places, then you can fast travel. Yeah. It introduces the concept, lets you understand it, and then gives you a way to actually use it practically. Mm. (laughs) Man. Oh, and it, it also like the the um, the combat borrows a lot from uh, Atlas's more recent games. Like the 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 sort of the the wealth of knowledge that a game like Tokyo Mirage Sessions gives you, where it's just like, oh yeah, push a button and all of the weaknesses are listed here, and mm-hmm. and then like, hey, you push you, you push one button and the game will automatically pick the weakness that like if you know what the weakness is, you hit R one 
and it automatically picks the ability or attack that you need to to um, weaken the enemy, uh, yeah. which is really helpful. Uh, not only just to get through battles easier uh, and, and more quickly, but also for players who may not be super accustomed <laughs> to, to RPGs that are just like, oh, how do I get through this? Uh, hit the button, and okay, you're good to go. And, or who, who haven't spent the last 20 years memorizing all the affinities of all the enemies <laughs> right, right. in because, Persona game? Yeah, because... Like, you know, oh, Pixie, pfft, Zeo, done. Yeah, done. Uh, or And, you know, the spell names are like Bufu. Like, if you don't know what that is <laughs> and you haven't spent 20 years playing Persona games, you don't know that that's ice. Uh, also, like, the, the, the difficulty levels are, are nice, too, and it's nice that you can change them rather than being locked in. I think the only one that is, like, locked in is very easy. Like, once you pick it, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. But everything oh. else, it's like, yeah. yeah, like, if you pick normal and you're like, nope, this is way too... Because even on normal, uh, you make, like, one or two mistakes and you are donezo. Uh, True. But you can, you know, you're like, oh, this is not... Like, the, this is not why I come to these games. You can put it on easy, and it's like, if that's too easy, you can put it push it back up. Uh, it's, it's... I like that Atlas is catering to multiple... Like, they've mm. found a way to cater to multiple kinds of people uh, over the years, because, like, Persona 3 was hard. It hard was, Persona, yeah. Persona 3 is no joke. Yeah. That is factual, Yes. And then, like, it's just really interesting to see them, like, 10 or, God, like, 10, 15 years later with games like Tokyo Mirage Sessions with Persona 5 where they're just like, you know what? Some people just want to come here for the story, and that's fine. Yeah. Here you go. And, but, like, they also, I will say, I played through only the first seven or eight hours on normal and then switched to easy because I was losing, I was dying in fights and losing two to three hours of progress. Get good, son. I yeah. no no no. It, well, we'll talk about mementos, Susan. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and like it was just it, it wasn't. This is such a long game, and it is, yeah. there are yeah. so many long games out right now, and I wanted to finish this one that I bumped it down. And what I discovered was I I I felt like I was making I was cheating like i felt at first like oh why don't i get good because i i've also played persona 4 golden on easy and shin megami tensai 4 which came out for 3ds a few years ago on easy and they were too easy there was mm. no nuance to the game once you go down to that level you can just force your way through it and i will say that something i adore about persona 5 is that even on easy you still have to engage every aspect of the strategic metagame of the fights where you you really have to experiment with building up your persona uh if anybody again isn't familiar with this you don't just collect them you blend them together you'll mix your persona to make new persona and i the easy mode was still challenging all the way right up into the end the one thing it did was that it sped up battles. So it made them faster, like a little bit more high stakes uh, in the process, but also easier to just sort of blast through rather than, you know, a boss fight went from being 45 minutes to 20, which is like exactly what I'm looking for from that kind of difficulty balancing. 
You know what's really interesting, though? You played on easy. I played on normal, and we clocked in at almost the exact same time. That is interesting. Like, that, that is really fascinating to me. That What was your final clock? Because mine was 96 hours, and I would say on top of that, I ended up from deaths, even mm. on easy mode. Uh, I was probably closer to, like, 105. Oh, Jesus, dude. Yeah. Uh, No, 96 hours. 96 hours? Clock, clocking in deaths, 98. 98. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> I, I will say... So we did have like a little bit of a different strategy because there oh, is true, yeah. there there is a dungeon Ugh. that is persistent in Persona and terrible. And it, it is like the uh the sort of randomized dungeons for Persona 3 and 4. It really is like Tartarus. It it is exactly like Tartarus. Yes. Yeah, from Persona 3 where you you are allowed access to it. It's called Mementos. It is procedurally generated. It's just a sort of dank subway system. And you have to get through it to beat the game. But the way it unlocks is there are various levels that you can explore. And then, depending on where you are in the story, you will reach a door that won't open until you've performed certain things within the main storyline. Susan was only going into mementos as needed. And what added a lot of time to my game was that I would, as soon as I could get in, just bomb my way to the, as deep as I could go into Mementos. <laughs> and all the while would be farming money from enemies. Uh, there's a really great thing in the battle system, since you're thieves in this one. Uh, rather than the sort of randomized little card games that they did in Persona 4 where you get extra money that way, you can hold up enemies. And so I would just drop hours <laughs> bombing into Mementos, farming money, and opening up all the different layers of it so that I could just go in there when there were specific missions. There are specific story things you have to do in there. Uh, so I could do those when they came up. And the reason I was raising all that money is that there is one character who offers services that you can use to speed up how quickly you uh, develop social links and your attributes. So that was how I approached it, which made mementos. And they, they charge you a lot of money. They for charge you service. a lot of money. Yeah, they so, charge you a lot yeah. of money for the service. So mementos for me was it didn't bother me. It was a good resource, and it was like a, a fun thing to do every now and again. But if you're not playing it that way, <laughs> it's not the best. It's a drag, and the save points are very far between. Yes. And if your if the player character dies in battle, doesn't matter if everybody else is at full health. That's it. You're done. Back to your last save. Mm-hmm. So one. And 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 it, uh, I don't remember if Persona had. Did Persona Four have the one more? Like, if you hit a weakness, you get another shot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I don't. I I, me I remember Persona Q did. I don't remember Four did. So yeah. So if you get hit uh, by an enemy who targets your weakness, and then he gets to follow up, you're screwed. Basically. Yep. Yeah. Um, but let me tell. Let me tell you how awesome New Game Plus is for the New Game Plus people out there. Just real quick. Okay. Here's what carries over. Your money, your armor, your accessories, 
and your weapons. All of that carries and your, over. And your personal stats, right? Oh, yeah. And your personal yeah. stats. Uh, and any anybody that you've got gotten to a level 10 relationship with, you, you get all of the benefits of that relationship once you open up that social link again. Tight. Like, you have to at least get it to level one to get all of it, but then you do, and you can never talk to that person ever again. Great. So, like, you're a level one going through dungeons with, like, level 70 armor, and all of the personas that you register in your compendium, you can summon and use. So you can be, like, a level one with, like, a level 70 persona just going in and beating the crap out of everybody. Let me tell you how fast that makes battles, boy. (laughs) I am so OP right now. It is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I have access to spells I should not have until halfway through the game. I have, like, full healing. I have full res spells. Um, I have a thing that uh, regenerates SP points, which are your magic points. It's ridiculous. I'm just, like, walking into fights like, what? <laughs> it's, it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. And because you can fast forward through all of the uh, cutscenes... And stuff. It really, really speeds up your second playthrough, so that's great. But that said, I pursued a lot of social links, not specifically because of the benefit, but because the stories of the characters were so interesting. I wanted to see how they all played out. There's not a single dud among them, like, of the social links. Every, Every single one is interesting, and you want to know that person, and you want to keep pursuing them. Uh, it kills me. I, I was able to get everybody in my party to level 10. Like oh, I was, wow. Yeah, I got except for one. And it she she is the last character who joins your crew. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. she joins you so late, and you, like, basically to even get to her, her second tier social link... You have to have, I think, two of the five attributes maxed out. That is correct. Yeah, and it's like I, I there just wasn't enough time. Like it couldn't be yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, yeah, like I, I loved every single one of those people. They were all so cool. Uh, I also like. I gotta give this up to Persona Five Two. Is accurate representation of a journalist not a thing? <laughs> Drunk all the time. Not a thing that you run into very often. But you can form a social link with a journalist, and she is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, just go get the game, is all we're saying. Yeah, I feel like we barely... Like, everything that we said about it barely scratches the surface of this game. Well, we can, uh, when we do our spoiler cast, we yeah. will really dig in. We'll really dig in to, to stuff because I to would it, I do its wildly inappropriate <laughs> sexual oh relationship. So so inappropriate. I was when I realized that that was in the game and that they were going for the gusto. I was just like, "You are awesome, Persona Five. Yes, badass. Eat your heart out, bad CW teen dramas." Oh my you god! Have nothing on this gossip girl, uh, <laughs> man. I, 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 this is totally, totally uh, related because I was playing Persona Four Golden a few years ago, 
and I just love that game so much. And I was describing it to a friend I worked at the time, worked with at the time, and he was like, "Oh, that kind of sounds like Gossip Girl." And I was like, "Shut up! That That's, what? Stop no, it! No, it doesn't. There's a teddy bear man in Persona. 4. <laughs> uh, you can go inside a hell world in your television." And he, he was like, no, like, as far as something that is, like, knowing and intelligent about the way that it depicts uh, mm. relationships between people in late adolescence, like, high school, or late high school, early college age. And he was like, just give it a shot. And I gave it a shot. And I almost Elvised my TV Ooh. so hard. <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> yeah, I made I made it one and a half episodes, and I Gossip Girl was awful, just awful. Uh, yeah, Persona is nothing like Gossip Girl or The Vampire Diaries, uh, but it is something like Veronica Mars. So, there's your your cultural touchstone. Okay. Uh, man, I, I I'm so happy that we actually got to talk about Persona finally. After the past uh, six weeks of playing it and, and, and sort of basking in the glow. Uh, Dave, you've been playing one yeah. other game this week. Yeah. Okay, I need to hear about this one. Right. Okay. It has the best name of all time. It's called Everything. Everything. It's Everything. And uh, as I was playing it, I'm like, this is delightful. This is pretentious. This is... Everything that like I I love in like weird games like this, Susan would hate it. <laughs> just I'm I'm like oh my god like everything about this like Susan's just like nope I'm out I can't okay. <laughs> I will say that like within its sort of like pretentious layer there is also a layer of playfulness and goofiness that I think that you will appreciate. Okay. Uh, so it opens up on this, like, it's just like a glowing light and like really like philosophical thoughts are bubbling out. You put your name oh, in Jesus. and it's just like, yeah. And then, and it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm playing and like, oh, it's going to be one of those things. And so you're and and then all of a sudden the light flashes and then you, uh, then I was like an elk and it's like, <laughs> okay, you're an elk now. And you, you wander around. You don't just like move though. So when you are sort of like a larger animal, like an elk, like a four-legged, four-legged animal, you don't, like, walk forward. You roll in four distinct frames of animation. There is on your nose, on your back, on your butt, on your legs. And you just roll forward. And you're just sort of wandering around, like I was wandering around this desert landscape, rolling, and my wife is like, what the fuck are you playing? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know what this is. And yeah, so you're just wandering around. And like you, you eventually you start to learn new abilities by talking to people. And it's all sort of like randomly uh, procedurally generated. Like you'll, you'll just move around. The game basically tells you like as long as you move in a direction, you will find something. So you keep moving and you'll you'll you can listen to thought bubbles and they'll have like little pithy quotes and say your name and stuff and it's just like oh okay that's weird uh you'll talk to like a tree and a tree will have a, a something to say about being a tree and then you'll see a rock and then that rock will say something about being a rock and then you'll you'll keep going and then like like a 
like a penguin or whatever will have like, hey, I have a new ability for you. You can make noises now. And you're like, oh, you press the right uh, right three button, and my little elk person can honk. Just honk at people, and then other animals will honk back. And you're like, oh, okay, that's weird. And like, as you gain more abilities, you start to realize like, as this elk, you move around, and then you press a button, and you can become another thing. So I could become that rock, or I can become that penguin, or that palm tree, or that pyramid, or that sphinx, or whatever. And then you just move around as that. And then you start to learn that, oh, you can grow in size. Or, like, you can you can move to bigger things. So, as the rock, you can move to a bigger rock, or a bigger animal, to a bigger tree. And then you can zoom out even further and become continents and clouds. And then zoom out even further and become planets and become like and then you zoom you you can zoom even even uh, further in and become little bugs and become like microscopic organisms and then suddenly you're in like the one dimension you're like what the how the fuck did I get here how did I get back out uh, I, I I I have a question <laughs> yeah why <laughs> this is like the anti Susan R game. Yeah, no, that's what I said. Like, Susan is going to... It's, like, it is it is basically a fun toy. It is a toy game. You just okay. mess around. You, you As you become new things, you, like, unlock Wikipedia entries for all of them. And there are, like, hundreds of thousands of things to be. And you can be all of them. And, like, you also... You learn new abilities. Like, you can... Uh, like, I, I was a penguin. Like, and then I learned the ability... Okay, being a penguin is, is pretty rad. Yeah, it's I pretty mean, great. Honestly. And then you yeah. can dance. And when you dance awesome. uh, next to another penguin, they'll just run around in a circle. And then as this little bar fills up, you press the X button and a penguin pops out. You made a penguin. And as long as okay. you keep dancing and holding X button, you can make a bunch of penguins. And so I made like a hundred penguins and then we all just started running around and we're like, like we're going to fuck shit up. We're penguins. And, uh, but then, you know, you, you're like, you're, well, I'm bored of that now. And then you zoom out and I found a, a planet made entirely out of cities. Like it's just city stuff. And, uh, it's, it is a weird game. And like, as you play, there's, um, audio diaries that you can find from, a philosopher, uh, named Alan Watts, Watts, who, um, Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I like, actually he, he has kind of a similar voice as to like Stephen Fry, uh, so he, he, he's, he's a very charming man, very calming to listen to, and he, he, he takes, like, sort of Eastern philosophy about uh, oneness with everything, but applies it to a Western lens uh, in a way that, like, doesn't sound as pretentious as I'm making it out to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, like, it, all of it sort of coalesces into this, like, really interesting little thing about how, like... Like, not only are is the individual insignificant, and that's, like, important to understand, but it's also a part of everything else, and that's also important to understand. And there are little puzzles. Like, I got to one puzzle that's like, okay, so as you zoom out, in and out, and you, like, okay, you, you zoom out, and now you're a different galaxy, and you zoom into that, and you're on a different planet, and you zoom into that, and then, like, eventually you get to a point where the game is like, okay, now get back to where you started. And I'm just huh. like, oh how do I do that? So, like, that's where I'm at now, trying to figure out how to get back. So there are, like, little game parts to it, but as a as sort of a, 
a thing to just mess with and listen to. Like, it's... It's really cool. I'm glad it exists. It is definitely not for everyone. Is um, it? Did you play Nobi Nobi Boy at all? I, I did. It is. There's a little. There's a lot more to it than Nobi Nobi Boy because Nobi Nobi okay. Boy was just like wander around and like you can jump and like eat stuff and then poop them out. And this is more like as you play, you you gain a lot more abilities and mm-hmm. things to do. Uh, so there's a lot more interactivity in how you can approach the game, and there are a lot of like a lot of cool surprises. Like the the game zooms in into it like a microscopic level and zooms out on a huge level, and like the things that you see in different parts of like a desert biome are different than what you would see in like an ice biome, even on like a microscopic level. Uh, so like the the level of detail in the game is really cool, but yeah, no, it is definitely like that where it's just kind of like a thing that you mess around with and get what you get out of it, and then come back later. And like I'm I'm still playing with it, trying to see if there's like an end to it because one of the trophies does say like uh ha- like the trophies give the impression that there is a level of progression and that there is a point where it's like you have made it to the quote-unquote end point um but i don't know what that entails so Mm. we'll see how it goes but no it's like it's a it is made by one uh david o'reilly who made i don't know have you heard of mountain oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, the super pretentious game that is literally just yep watching a mountain (laughs) and sometimes it says stuff yeah no this, this game there's a lot more to it than that um, Sometimes it says stuff. That is the perfect way yeah. to describe that air quote game. Yes. Is it is it funny? Yes. It is funny. Yeah. It is it is equal parts funny and profound. It's funny in the way that oh, like Jesus. the way things sort of interact with each other and the things that um the like you'll happen upon animals that have thought bubbles and the things that they say sometimes they'll be funny sometimes they'll be profound sometimes they'll be a little like you know a little depressing because that's just how things are and sometimes they'll be really happy and you know and you can when you push the touch button all of the thoughts that you've found are saved so you can look at them all and the more thoughts that you find the more thoughts that you can create on your own and that gets added to a pool and like there's another level of progression there which again like i just i don't know what this is all funneling toward if there is a point at the end of it but as as just like a fun thing to be in and play with i don't know i'm digging it it's it's the kind of thing that makes me really just glad to be a person who plays games in the year 2017 because (laughs) You know, you know what I mean? Like, it used to be... Like, there's no way a game like this would have existed ten years ago. You know? I, I see. I, I disagree with that. Well, like, no, I, not, I think that there was... there was We've gotten back to a place where a game like this could exist. You know, like, back in the 80s, you had things like Tiny Computer People, which was literally... You would go into your PC, set a bunch of conditions, and then literally watch Tiny Little People live in okay. a house. This and, is true. Right, but, like this game is part of Sony's big sort of spring downloadable game promotion, you know. Sure, but I mean, like, I, 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 I again, I, Sony put out a game. Sony funded and developed a PlayStation One game called Jingle Cats, wherein you would select two house cats <laughs> and then try to make them fall in love, 
And then when you did, they would sing Smoke on the Water. Did that come like, out in America, though? Uh, no. Okay. All, the, well, all the, Why go. the fuck not? Because that is my game of the year right yeah. there. Susan, have I ever told you about Jingle Cats? Oh, yes. Yeah, and uh, I have I told you about when I kept trying to get Shuhei Yoshida to respond to my <laughs> request for tips <laughs> oh, and tricks. Jesus. Before we deal with your incredible ability to send <laughs> confrontational emails, <laughs> compare... Compare everything to Ho Hokum. Huh. Uh, Ho Hokum is more of a game mm, because okay. they're they're like each of the like it is a toy in a lot of the same ways, but it's also yeah. like each room that you go into has a distinct puzzle, and true, each distinct true. puzzle can be solved, and then yes. solving those puzzles definitely leads to something. This true. game okay, is okay. more like you just kind of dick around for however you want, and then. And you make there, penguins, you which make penguins. I'm in favor of, to be yes. clear. Yes, you make penguins. Uh, there are objectives that you can pursue or not. And as you pursue those objectives and you learn the new abilities, you'll eventually get to a point where the game wants you to do something. And you can do it or not. That's, yeah, it's, okay. it, it is, it okay. is less of a, like, uh, I hate, I hate, I hate that argument. Like, is it a game? Like. I don't care about yeah, no, it. Yeah, no, yeah. But... Like, I'm I'm all for just goofy toys and making penguins and, and things doing things because it's neat. Like, Watam is yeah. largely that. Yes. I think it's really adorable. Yeah. It's the, why do we need to mix, like, philosophy and, and life lessons in? Like, why? Stop it. No. Stop I it. I will say it is less pretentious than The Witness. Well, what isn't? I think I th- honestly I think it is it is doing what something like the witness wants to do in a more approachable and more enter like <laughs> like the witness is is a game that has puzzles, yes, but like uh-huh. as sort of like a philosophical message, I feel like everything is far more approachable and far mm-hmm. less like 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 having a glass window talk at you. <laughs> oh Jesus, I you know? just. Like th- this feels a lot more human. Uh, like so- Lego was made by a person who feels things. <laughs> Just a little, uh, little side note that's related. I, I have been, as I have been playing Zelda: Breath of the Wild. A thought just keeps popping up about every three hours. Like I'll be wandering through this lush, Hyrule landscape, and every now and again I'll see something, and all my brain can say is. God, I hate you, The Witness. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, that game, yeah. That, that game was a giant middle finger in a lot of spots. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, the the creator of that game would probably just tell me I'm a real dumb dumb, and that I don't know what real art is. But, uh, yeah, this game, like, it's really funny, Dave, like, you saying that this game is, uh, like, not pretentious in the same way as The Witness makes it sound a lot more approachable. Yeah, no, it's, like, the philosophy that that it doles out is, like, it is, it it is all about the, the idea that, like, you know, we live in a time when, you know, individualism is this, this held up greater than everything but it like it separates us and we need to get back to this idea that you know we are a species of people that should be working together 
and each of the little nuggets that you get. And the idea is that like everything is a part of everything else and everything needs to be working together. And we need to realize that we're all in this together or we're going to blow ourselves up. Oh and God, it, stop it. Please. And it I does it. You. Just stop. <laughs> stop it. Yeah. That's... Like I said, Susan's going to hate this game. Yeah, that that sounds like as good a time as any to wrap this up and recommend Susan play Inside again. Uh, I hate that fucking game I know. so goddamn much. I know you do. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Flames, flames on the side of my face. How good? How good were those seesaw physics puzzles? Like we'd never played them before. That honestly, up until the up until the last, what would you call it, twenty percent of the game? The, yeah. I, I don't want to spoil it. A specific event happens. Yeah, yeah. Up until that event, I was down. Hmm. <laughs> I was into it, and then that happens, and I'm like, "Fuck you!" Oh man, I love it so much. Oh god, you have such bad taste. I back. love it so much. <laughs> I love Rick the ending. I like the ending so much. God, it makes God. me so happy. You're so wrong. Uh, yeah, everybody. That that brings us to the end of this uh, this episode. We will have more video games to talk to you about next week. Uh, man, I was really, I was really hoping I could talk to y'all about things like Binding of Isaac, Afterbirth, plus uh, for Nintendo Switch. Can't do that now. World of Goo for Nintendo Switch. Can't talk about that now. Uh, <laughs> we, we no, we we will have uh, more things to talk to you about next week. If there's anything that you would like to hear us weigh in on, uh, whether that's Mass Effect Andromeda or whatnot, get in touch with us on Twitter. You can reach Susan at Susan Arnt, Dave at david robots and myself at a john agnello you can follow games radar at games radar we have so much good stuff on the site right now we really do we just mm-hmm. have we have a, a like a a just awesome lineup of features uh dave houghton just put up a, a piece about how the switch is doing everything that the vita didn't and it's it's just wonderful so go go to our site read the things that we've written for you and uh yeah we'll see you next week everybody thank you for listening bye bye everybody